Hey there, are you sick and tired of feeling sick and tired? Join Adol Kozilski and Fagy Stern as they explore ways to reverse chronic illness and achieve vibrant health. Your health is your only wealth and together we can be better. Hashtag Healthy You, Wealthy You. Good morning to all our listeners and to Faggy. Morning, Faggy. How are you? Good morning, Adel. I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Sure. It's cold. How is this for spring? Yep, the second of September. I feel like I'm living in Montreal again. <laughs> I actually was. I was comparing it to New York yesterday. It was like cold and dreary and really awful. <laughs> it's 2020, anyway. so we never know what to expect. Exactly. We're here to warm your hearts and warm your minds. And as always on the Healthy You, Wealthy You show, we try to bring guests and discuss topics that help you live better, more healthier. And I want to give a great shout out to all the listeners and to the people who are part of our uh, WhatsApp group. We've had tremendous, tremendous feedback. And it really certainly from Faggy and my part warm our heart when uh, People are listening and people are, are taking care of their health and people are taking their health more seriously. Today we are going to have a very, very exciting show. I'm really, really excited. We are going to be having Dr. Jack Castle, a very, very famous pediatrician in South Africa, been a pediatrician for a very, very long time and I think um, has been involved particularly in the Jewish community and to many children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren really um, dealt with a, a lot of, of uh, who we are as people. And we are going to really be focusing today on the role of antibiotics. I know a lot of the time we speak about functional medicine and going and looking of how we can do things more naturally, you know, the way nature intended to. And I think a big part of that is is what is the role of medication, of allopathic medication, on our health. Undoubtedly, um, it has its place and it has saved many a life. But is there a, a time and a place where we can and we should, if we have the correct information, learn to say no? And so that is going to be our discussion today with Dr. Castle. You can join the conversation on 34519, that is our SMS, on 061-895-1019, that's our telegram. And if you want to join the WhatsApp group that Fagi and I run, you can send an email to info at chaifm.com. Simply give us your name, your cell phone number, and we will gladly join you to the WhatsApp group. And what happens there is that on a daily basis, we just drop a podcast, a saying, um, we, you know, anything that we feel that will enhance us living more healthier lives, that is where you're going to get that. So we are really excited and uh, we're looking forward to interviewing Dr. Castle when we come back. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. So welcome back, and it is my pleasure to introduce to you, our, um, you, um, you, the listeners, Dr. Jack Castle. He is a clinical pediatrician, been um, in the practice for 52 years, as I said before, the, uh, before we went for the break, known to many, many of us, has had an illustrious career, and highlights are that he actually, in fact, became pediatrician to President Nelson Mandela's 
grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And uh, from the CV that I received, had a very, very warm relationship with uh, Mandela and his family. And um, our discussion today is going to revolve around the use of antibiotics particularly. But before we get into that, firstly, a warm welcome, Dr. Kassel. We are really honored and privileged to have you on the show this morning. Thank you. Before we get into the, the, the hairy topic of antibiotics, maybe would you share with your listeners um, some highlights of your career and some things that perhaps you've taken away in, in, in your career that you see fundamental to healthy living? Well, with gratitude to Hashem, I, I, I come to you today on this program and thank you to Adel and uh, Faith for inviting me back to Chayafin and to do another program for you. I think that we overemphasize the use of medications. Healthy living consists of utilizing the organ, the uh, the organs that Hashem has given us to stay alive and to live healthily, and that's our own immune system, which operated from the time the world was created by Hashem. Healthy living also entertains many natural substances, such as plants, herbs, inhalants, base metals such as zinc. Long before you ever resort to the using of antibiotics. You should entertain these, these, these uh, options and utilize them. It's becoming more and more apparent with the world now struggling to control COVID-19 and the best medical brains in the world struggling to control it, that nothing really works and antibiotics certainly don't work. So we've got to go back to the basics and that's what my talk is today. uh, and do you, do you, uh, just tell me when to start and I will start. I need about 10 or 15 minutes up to 20 minutes just to introduce the subject, after which you will all be able to ask your questions. You're welcome to start with your introduction, Dr. Castle. When, when we have to go for a break, I'll rudely interrupt you, but go ahead. <laughs> Antibiotics is a subject very dear to my heart. And it forms part of a chapter of a book which I'm now writing in my retirement, a book called Clinical Pediatrics, Signs and Symptoms, both for the lay person, that's ourselves, for our practitioners and for our specialists. And hopefully I can use my knowledge over the past 60 years to pass some, to pass something on to all of you. I want to stress at the outset that anything I say is not meant to be lush and horror, and it's not meant to be derogatory. I apologize in advance if any of you interpret it like that. But let's get on to the subject, antibiotics. In the Pasha Re'er, which we read three weeks ago, Hashem said in another context, I give you a blessing and a curse. Uh, nothing could ever be more true than this statement applied to antibiotics. A blessing in the knowledge that antibiotics have saved lives, many lives. A curse in the sense that the overuse and at times the abuse and misuse of antibiotics has led to the emergence now of resistant strains of bacteria and viruses which will not respond to any conventional therapy 
and which are totally resistant to any antibiotics and which are killing us all. To start at the beginning, I recall an address at my graduation ceremony in November 1960 by the late Professor J.H. Gear, in which he said, and I quote, The art of medicine is knowing when not to prescribe. If you have not made the diagnosis by the time you look at the patient walking into your rooms and taken his history, you will probably never make the diagnosis. This is something that we should all remember. You can have all the investigations in the world and all the tests and MRI scans, but you will not make the diagnosis unless you're primarily a clinician. And fortunately, as we know now from the COVID-19 outbreak, South Africa has some of the finest medical clinicians in the world, and we are very proud of them. Look at look at some pertinent observations regarding antibiotics. In 1960, when I started, 80 to 85% of cases of infection were bacterial. There was almost no bacterial resistance, and only 15 to 20% were viral. We come to 2020, 85% are now, 80 to 85% are viral and only 10 to 15% are bacterial. And each day more and more bacterial resistance to antibiotics is being reported. And these are the real killers. The, the antibiotic resistant bacteria in the hospitals and in the lay community to which, to which they respond to nothing. And it's not really COVID-19 that necessarily kills you, but it's the secondary infections with resistant organisms that kill you. So, yes, if correctly used and applied, antibiotics are a blessing. And overused and abused and incorrectly used, they are a curse leading to resistant organisms and the decimation of your immune system. Can, can, I, can I just stop you there, Dr. Cussell, and just ask you this, this fascinating statistic that you just said, where we've changed from bacterial to viral infections. Is it because we've used the antibiotics that we don't have so many bacterial infections today? No, it's not that. It's because the viruses, the, the, the bacteria in your body are good bacteria and bad bacteria, and so is your immune system. By using antibiotics, the first bacteria we eliminate are the good bacteria, and those allow the bad bacteria and the viruses to grow. The viruses is, are very clever, and this is why we can't produce vaccines to these organisms. They keep mutating and changing so that nothing in the body will kill them. And that is, what, that is not only what antibiotics has done, but it's what life has done. The, uh, you know, everybody is blaming countries for releasing the COVID-19 virus, but the COVID-19 virus was waiting to happen. Right. Uh, I think that answers your question. And if you let me go on to the next part of my talk, it will explain to you how antibiotics play a role in this. Okay, so let's just go for a break because then it will give you a nice stretch to, to, to give us more information. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosulski and Fagy Stern. 
Welcome back. And it's in, in our virtual studio, we have Dr. Jack Cussell, famed pediatrician, um, and we are talking on the topic of antibiotics. Um, we just heard some scary statistics about um, the interplay between viruses and bacteria, and certainly it is topical because we are all still struggling with this epidemic of COVID-19. Dr. Castle, you wanted to continue and give a little bit more of an introduction about antibiotics. All right. Let us examine how the world managed prior to the antibiotic and vaccine eras. Hashem in his wisdom provided us with the best weapon of all to fight infection, our own immune systems. And we, and the first people on this earth, Adam and Eve, were born with an immune system exactly like ours. Very simply, there are four parts to our immune system in the body that provide your natural ability to fight any infection, namely your spleen, your liver, your marrow, and your lymph glands. And it's very simple to understand, and I'll explain it to you. In response to the stimulus of an infecting germ, they produce a natural immune protein substance called antibody. This antibody is a sticky substance, and off it goes in the circulation to be attracted to the invading organism. It then locates that organism, coats it, smothers it so that it cannot breathe, that it cannot take in oxygen, cannot breathe out carbon dioxide, and the organism dies. This is known as a natural immunity. For some of us that get COVID-19, and a typical example is in our own lives, which caused me to retire. Somebody very close to me got COVID-19, didn't have a single symptom because that person had a normal immune system. Wow. This is known as natural immunity, and it explains how the world survived long before the sulfur and antibiotic era and how indeed some of us survive today. I'm not lying to you when I tell you that the amount of antibiotics I've had in my life, probably I can count on my ten fingers. I've relied on my own natural immunity and antibody response and not constantly compromised it or exhausted it. By the way, one, just as an aside, one of the best ways of assessing natural immunity and antibody response is temperature. Try to realize that you come to grief not because you have a temperature. The temperature is a sign of antibody production. It's always a good sign. You come to grief if you don't have a temperature. People mm -hmm. who have compromised immunity and don't get an antibody response, such as people with HIV AIDS, they come to grief because they're unable to produce antibodies. Mm. So the compromised immunity is the clinic is, is, is the real killer. My clinical experience over the years has also taught me to try to use natural and less dangerous ways of boosting immunity. A lot of our medicines are derived from natural plants, oils and herbs and base metals such as zinc and these uh, and probiotic and these certainly boost the natural immunity by stimulating the immune system and also providing natural immunity in the body. I was, I said at the beginning of my talk, the good germs eat up the bad germs. Mm. Antibiotics do the reverse. If excessively and overused with repeated relatively harmless infections, 
They exhaust your antibody system. They kill off your good germs and compromise your natural immunity. And this is a very bad thing. Uh, <coughs> exhausting your immune system, as the antibiotics have done, with repetitive infections being treated with antibiotics is most dangerous. And this has led to the bacteria changing their format, changing their DNA structure. The most deadly resistant viruses emerging, which are totally resistant to antibiotics, such as Ebola virus, uh, bird flu virus, Spanish flu virus, and now COVID-19 virus. There is no antibiotic in the world that will cure you from COVID-19. With the ratio of bacteria and viruses changing, it is imperative that one makes a simple diagnostic test, and I appeal to my colleagues to do this, with either a throat swab, a nasal swab, an ear swab, or a urinary specimen to ascertain exactly what the organism is before you institute therapy. It is very, very important to do this. The abuse of antibiotics is further aggravated by some practices practiced not only here but overseas and in South Africa. As hard as we try, there is still no proper control of the promotion of antibiotics by reps, drug reps, or the proper educational control of the correct way in which to use therapy with antibiotics. We have tried with some of our colleagues by giving them weekends away and all these things to try to educate it, and unfortunately it is coming under control. But there is still an excessive use of antibiotics, and this has to be decried. You're exhausting your immune system. I conclude because I want you to have time to ask your questions because there's (laughs) lots to ask questions on. With a statement made recently in one of the most prominent medical journals in the world, the British Medical Journal, in an editorial, and I quote, If the world goes on using antibiotics the way it is using antibiotics, we will have no need for terrorist groups, for hydrogen or atomic bombs. We're going to die in any case. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, uh, I, uh, for my practitioner colleagues, for my specialist colleagues, and the lay public at large, we need to be urgently enlightened as to the use and abuse of antibiotics. And please don't misinterpret what I'm saying. I'm not criticizing anybody for what they're doing. I'm criticizing them for how they're doing it. Antibiotics has a place in medicine, but not the sole place in medicine. And I hand you over now to Adel and uh, uh, Fagy, who will now introduce your questions, and I'll be only too pleased to ask to answer them. I also wish... No, just go over to the questions and I'll answer them. And Thank then you I'll... so much, Dr. Castle, for your beautiful introduction. I have two questions to ask you. Um, number one, you mentioned about the antibodies that a person naturally produces. Are you saying that by using the antibiotics, um, our bodies are kind of like our immune system is too low to then create those antibodies to fight infections? That's my first yeah. question. And my second question is you're mentioning about the high fever um, and that is a sign that your body is creating those antibodies. Um, you mentioned to me on the phone yesterday how to bring down that fever. Can you please also discuss that a little bit yes. for us? First of all, the more you use your antibodies, uh, 
I just draw you to an art, attention to an article in the Lancet that's entirely unrelated to this discussion. But if you go on living long enough, routine post-mortems in people over the age of 90, and Jews don't do post-mortems, but in other people, you will exhaust all your natural organs. And this is forms the basis of a very important theory about cancer today, that if you live long enough, your whole body will go malignant because you'll use up all the enzymes which protect your cells. Also, if you live long enough and have enough uh, severe infections, you will utilize and exhaust those systems, your spleen, your liver, your, uh, your glands, and your bone marrow. And eventually, as you get on in years, those systems will no, no longer be able to cope. They will no longer be able to produce. They'll be compromised. And mm. this is what we're saying. Don't treat every infection with an antibiotic. Treat it with natural substances so that you preserve your immune system. Don't destroy it. So what would be a more natural way of then fighting a certain infection? Well, definitely. You see, we decry homeopathy and osteopathy and naturopathy and the, and the like in South Africa. We have some of the finest natural treaters in South Africa, right here in Johannesburg, who are very capable of doing these things. And certainly one would like to to say that natural methods should be also instituted where possible or else avoidance totally, avoidance of the unnecessary use of antibiotics unless we have proof that the antibiotic is actually necessary, unless we have proof that the germ is actually going to respond to the antibiotic. And this can only be done if we use laboratory methods to assess this in our own clinical ability. I mean, I know overseas, when it comes to something like strep, they do a throat culture immediately. They don't even say whether you need an antibiotic without doing that throat culture. Why don't we do that here in South Africa every time? Well, not all staffs will respond to antibiotics, and there are certain staffs, there are hundreds of groups of staphylococcus that require very specialized antibiotic therapy. And there's also hospital-resistant staph, which is extremely dangerous. Mm. So are there times then that someone does have an infection that they don't even need the antibiotics? It's got a staph infection and slap him onto uh, Amoxil or Augmentin or Orolox or Zinat. You first of all make an assessment. How do you control the temperature? Was that your second question? Yes. How do you control the temperature? Well, you don't control the temperature like some of my patients used to say. Dr. Cussell, at 12 o'clock midday, I gave my son Pinado. I gave him uh, um, uh, Ponstan at 1 o'clock, uh, uh, Voltaren at 2 o'clock, Calfol <laughs> at 3 o'clock. <laughs> I control his temperature. The answer when we would always be you're, you're doing your best to try and kill him. Compromising <laughs> his immune system. Don't try and, don't try and obliterate a temperature. And the temperature is a healthy sign that your immune system is working. Control the temperature and don't control it by natural means. You know, the lay people come along, the grandmother comes along and says you must put cold towels around him. 
put him in an ice bath. So you chuck him into an ice bath, you take him out of the ice bath, you knock his temperature down from 40 to 36, and as that happens, the temperature shoots up again to 40, and when that happens, he gets a pyrexial convulsion, a fever convulsion. That is how you cause fever convulsions, by producing severe fluctuations of temperature. Don't ever do this. Bring down the temperature naturally. And but don't use unnatural means to bring down the temperature. Naturally meaning you put them in like a warm bath? What do you mean by naturally? Na- naturally is, is no bath at all really. Just undress them, keep them cool, push fluids, keep them well hydrated. It's mainly the dehydrated child that convulses and the child that has severe fluctuations in temperature. When you use unnatural means to control the temperature, the body has got a temperature because it is fighting the infection. Don't try and... Would the child be able to kind of fight the infection over a shorter period of time if you don't give them all that medication to suppress it? Of course. Of course. Because if he, with the virus infections today, we know now that the temperature comes down in stepladder fashion, like a sawtooth. It can be 40 the one day, 39 the next day, 39.5 the third day, 38.5 the fourth day, 38 the fifth day, and it can take adult temperature to settle. It doesn't mean that if the temperature is up that you're necessarily going to demise or come to harm. It means that your immune system is working and you're producing antibodies. So why as parents and and population are we so fearful of fevers and having our kids have a convulsion? Because because convulsions get caused by the things we do. If you simply leave a person, first of all, if a person has a temperature of 38.5 or less, You do nothing except undress him and push fluids. If it goes from 38.5 to 40, you use your antipyretics, your Empipet, your Ponstan Saporosis, your Panada, your Ponstan, your Voltaren, your Calpo, whatever you want to use. Not to kill the patient, but simply to control the temperature. And if you do that, the temperature will stay at 38, 39, 38.5, 39.5, and nothing will happen. But like I'm trying to say to you, regard temperature as a normal phenomenon of indicating that your immune system is functioning and not as some dreadful plague that has overtaken the patient and is going to kill him. It's not that at all. And it's normal with the viral infections for them to have a temperature for several days, five to ten days and at times up to 14 days with adenovirus. So see it in its correct context. And the worst things we do is we use abnormal means, even more unnatural means than ice packs and ice baths and cold baths. You don't need to do that. And you also don't need to chuck vinegar over the patient. I remember when I was small and I used to run a temperature um, and I was feeling bad. My father used to give me a compress with brandy on it. Okay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I think that I got better just smelling the fumes. In the initial <laughs> language, it used to be called an ogle mogul. <laughs> <laughs> which consisted of brandy, egg yolk, 
and uh, uh, some other things. <laughs> they actually believe that that treated flu. <laughs> and Dr. Castle, <laughs> I just want to finish with this. There was one time that I was running a temperature. I think I, I think I had a, like a, a, a what's it? I think I had a gastro or something like that. Um, and my father smothered me enough with brandy, and I wasn't getting better. And eventually, they hospitalized me. And as you said, the thing that stabilized me is that they, I was dehydrated, and all they had to do was put on a drip. But when I came in, they were very suspicious of me because they were saying, "Are you coming in with you know gastro?" Or have you like drunk so much that, uh, you know, there's, there's some other system. My father had to explain that it was really him dousing me with a pen. <laughs> well, you hear uh, things people do. I, I can't even begin to tell you. <laughs> I'm sure. You've seen it all. <laughs> Dealing with enough people all over these years. Um, yeah, Dr. Castle, we were discussing yesterday about um, the antibiotic use and the public not really understanding the effects that, that the antibiotics have on us. And I was mentioning how some people will just think, oh, well, you can just take probiotics and bring back the good bacteria into your body and into your system. Can you just explain about that a bit? Well, if you've compromised your good bacteria by eliminating them, it's not so easy with a probiotic tablet to all of a sudden institute good bacteria. This is a long process that goes on by the repetitive use of antibiotics. You gradually eliminate everything that is good in your body from the point of view of protecting you against severe infections, all your natural ability. And an antibiotic with a pro, with a, a probiotic with an antibiotic will not, will not correct that imbalance. It'll help, it'll help to a certain extent, but not correct it. So when you have a child that later has a genetic predisposition and doesn't have a, a good um, immune system from birth, how do you suggest that a, that a child like that um, boosts their immune system? The, the old-fashioned therapy that we used to use with our great teachers, Sam Javitt, Seymour Heyman, Hessel Uten, Albert Schollen, who were the greatest clinicians in pediatrics that ever existed in South Africa. These people used to boost immunity by giving an immune serum globulin, by introducing immunity into the body, which the body didn't have. And very often when I get a child in practice that has had course after course, 20, 30, 40 courses of antibiotics in a period of one or two years, you simply pull them off everything give them gamma globulin, one to two milliliters, uh, according to their body weight, at three or weekly intervals, and hey, presto, everything comes under control. You do that for three or four shots by intramuscular injection. It still works, and some of my colleagues know that it works. Incredible. Wow. This is an incredible discussion, and I've got some SMSs that have come in. One says, Dr. Cussell was my children's pediatrician. I followed his advice, and my children have been healthy and off antibiotics since they were little and started seeing him. They're adults now, and I adore this man. And certainly we can hear from the experience um, that you are bringing uh, to the party that there really is a lot to think about and a lot to discuss. We're going to go for a little bit of a break and continue the discussion afterwards. If you'd like to join this discussion, 34519 is our SMS number. 061-895-1019, our telegram. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern.
Welcome back. And we are discussing the role of antibiotics and when it should and be used. If we can just move a little bit and talk more about COVID right now and just simply because it is on everybody's mind and it's something that is very much in everybody's face. So we understand that COVID is a, a virus. And if one doesn't land up in the complications, God forbid, of COVID going into the lungs and causing pneumonia, what would you suggest, Dr. Kassel, as a, a, uh, a procedure of how one can look after oneself at home? You know, as soon as you, you, you start launching that temperature, thank God I didn't get COVID. Some family members did. Um, and, you know, I saw the reaction. The immune system, as you have now explained, launched an incredible, you know, assault on it. What would you say to people? What should they do if they are able to home care themselves and, you know, give, give them the t- themselves the time to allow this virus to pass through? Well, first of all, don't compromise your immune system in any way. Boost that immune system in whichever way possible with anti-inflammatories, with base metals, with immune substances. Boost that immune system so that your body can take up the fight. Also understand that the dangerous viruses are the viruses that mutate. As we try to develop a vaccine and try to counteract them with a vaccine, which does the same work as the antibody, it eliminates the virus. So COVID-19 mutates into various other forms. And you see in the press now that Russia has has produced a vaccine and President Putin has given it to his granddaughter and all Mm -hmm. sorts of, uh, in Yiddish, bobomices. It's it's rubbish because the COVID-19 vaccine mutates and that's why it's so difficult to produce Mm -hmm. a vaccine against it. Because as soon as you think you've got one part of it under control, it's altered its form and it's back again and it's causing infections and producing a lot of problems. So you, you, you've got to, to start with, have a, a normally functioning immune system. We're coming back to the basics again, that, uh, you know, if you compromise your immune system and you compromise your immunity, nothing will help you. No antibiotic in the world will help you, as we now understand. COVID-19 mutates, and that is why it is so dangerous. I didn't get the second part of your question, if you don't mind repeating it. There's a question that's just come in um, from, from a listener that's asking, can adults who have taken too many antibiotics also take the gamma globulin? Not only should they also take the gamma globulin, they should definitely take the gamma globulin. What What is gamma globulin? It's called beriglobin. It's an immune serum that contains immune proteins which do the work of the antibodies. Mm-hmm. And by giving this, you're restoring the natural immunity to the body so that the body can take up the fight. Where, what is your opinion, Dr. Castle, then, just looking on the natural side of, of the fence, where then the argument is if you want to build up your immunity, then build up a healthy microbiome. Make sure that you do have that healthy bacteria in your, in your gut primarily. And, and that in and of itself will build, build things up. That in itself will, will provide you with good immunity. It's the people that have, that have not had too many vaccinations, that have not 
that have not had too many antibiotic therapy. It's your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I, I've reached the age of 82, Kanan Hora, and yeah, I've a number of antibiotics I've had in my life. It's infinitesimal. It's less than 10. Right. Right. I've, tried, I've tried to build up healthy immunity by not over-vaccinating myself with all sorts of nonsense. You, you don't have to vaccinate yourself against German me, uh, against uh, flu every year. You compromise, you use up your antibodies. And it, mm. I shouldn't be actually be saying this because I'm contra- contradicting world opinion, which says do vaccinate yourself. It's compromised people that should vaccinate themselves against flu, people that are likely to die if they get flu. Not every single person under the age of, let's say, 60, who goes and has a flu vaccine every year. I, I firmly believe this is wrong, because it's, it's a good stimulus for an immune system to get the less harmful infections. But sure, if, if you need to vaccinate yourself, use vaccinations for the diseases that can kill you not diseases that can't kill you. You don't have to vaccinate yourself against uh, mumps, uh, against uh, German measles necessarily. Let the body fight the infection itself. You know, and I think that one of, the, one of the reasons why I believe that as a society we find ourselves like this is because we're into instant gratification. And I think it boils down even to the simple temperature your kid's going to run. It's just really much easier to, to, I don't know, give whatever medication you can in the hope that your kid's just going to stop moaning or stop feeling ill or the same thing for yourselves, you know. I have a headache. Instead of going and looking, maybe it's my posture or maybe I can do, you know, I'm eating something wrong or not sleeping right enough. It's just easier to swap pills and, and, and get on with life. And I think that um, particularly now during COVID-19, a lot of people have come to realize that our lifestyle, as you have correctly said, is primarily responsible for the mess that we're in. You're absolutely right. You see, by using repeated courses of antibiotic therapy, you have compromised your own immune system. The first germs you've destroyed are your good bacteria that that actually, in very simple analogy, help to eat up the bad bacteria. So you compromise your immune system. And as you go on compromising your immune system, so you move from one course of antibiotics to, the, to another. You start off with amoxicillin or mentin. You start off with simple penicillin or sulfurs in the olden days. You then move on to the grade one, the grade two, and the grade three cephalosporins, the zinats and the oroloxes and the ciprobase, until you run out of options. And then, of course, your body is totally compromised and you now have created a whole hive of resistant organisms in your body. Rather let Hashem, let the body operate the way it was meant to operate. You have good germs and your bad germs. Don't eliminate the good germs first, because that is what antibiotics do. You need natural immunity, and natural immunity is provided by the good germs, partly provided by the good germs. If that answers your question. It, it definitely has, and this has been an incredible, incredible see, conversation. Yeah. You see, the, the tendency today is, and again, I'm not being critical, uh, and I'm not trying to, 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 to denigrate anybody who does this, 
But people, you know, when we, I've conducted these same meetings with some of my colleagues and gone off to seminars and spoken to them, they st- the, the retort to me is, you can be very clever, Dr. Castle. You can, you've got 10 or 15 minutes or up to 30 minutes to see a patient. You can scratch your head. You can think about it. We have to see 20 or 30 cases in an afternoon. Mm. And rather than miss out on something dangerous, sometimes we just have two or five minutes or at most ten minutes to see a patient. Mm. And if we don't cover them with treatment, we're liable. And therefore they use the treatment that they use. But they don't, some of them don't realize just how wrong this might be without ascertaining first of all what is. You have to be a, a clinician. And a clinician is a person who has experience uh, of, of disease and the, the medicine should come last as we said at the introduction to my talk not first you don't treat symptoms you you diagnose symptoms you see why it's occurring and right. that is why you Excellent, excellent points. And uh, Sharon says, please can this interview be podcasted? It is so important. Fear not, Sharon. Every single one of our shows, as with other shows on High FM, is podcasted. And yes, I do agree. It needs to be shared. We're going to go for a quick ad break, after which, sadly, we're going to need to wrap up. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosulski and Fagy Stern. Well, welcome back, and thank you so much, Dr. Castle, for such an amazing show and such an informative show on antibiotics. Um, I'm getting some messages from some friends and some people out there to say, please just help say thank you to Dr. Castle for all that he's done. And I know personally in my family, we have a lot to be grateful for towards Dr. Castle for saving a family member's life, all emotional over here. Um, and, you know, thank you for your, your wisdom and your knowledge and your insight. And for just being so realistic and having an holistic approach to illness and disease out there and for helping so many people in our community. Um, you are truly an incredible doctor and we are so, we are going to be eternally grateful for all that you have done for all of us. Dr. Castle, when can we expect your book? My book is at present being written. I'm doing it with the assistance of, of, of Hashem. But it, 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 you can expect it in about six to twelve months. Well, okay. Well, I'm certainly going to wait uh, with bated, bated uh, uh, breath. And again, and one more comment that has just come through our feed is that I wish more doctors were as wise as your good doctor. And indeed, I think that is a very, very true word. And uh, I reiterate Fagy's. Uh, uh, appreciation. Um, I, I haven't had personal contact with you. I know you as a household then, though in the Jewish community. And uh, really, really thank you for your time, for your effort, and for all the expertise that you have shared on the show today. This this show will be podcasted as all other shows on the Healthy You, Wealthy You. Again, if you'd like to join our WhatsApp group, you can on info at highfm.com. Send an email with your name and with your cell number, and we will gladly join you on because the more people that start thinking the way that Dr. Castle so succinctly explained today, the more of us will be in control of our health and we will live 
healthy lives. And at the end of the day, that's what makes us wealthy. Thank you very much to everybody again and wishing you a warm, safe and healthy week ahead.